Hi, it's Dave. Welcome. Today, Reuters released an article detailing a lot of Tesla's uh, battery plans going forward. And we're going to take a look at this article, discuss its implications. All right, so we have an interesting article today from Reuters um, leaking. Tesla's battery plans. Now, there's been a lot of speculation. There's been a lot of YouTubers and Tesla fans, Tesla researchers, um, knowing a lot actually about batteries and Tesla's plans and bringing them all together. And so a lot of this stuff um, have has been known in bits and pieces. But this article, I think, brings together some interesting um, points. So let's take a look at this. Reuters this morning, May 14th, um, in the morning, about uh, 8.45 Pacific time, releases this article and says Tesla's, Tesla's secret batteries aim to rework the math for electric cars and the grid. And it says that they plan to introduce a low-cost, long-life battery in its Model 3 sedan in China later this year or early next that expects to bring the cost of electrical vehicles, electric vehicles in line with gas models and allow EV batteries to have a second and third life in the electric power grid. All right, so it's kind of general as saying, okay, he's got these plans to lower the cost of batteries, but also to um, do vehicle to grid right um, charging. So let's take a look at the article more in depth. All right, so it says now these low cost, um, these new low cost batteries are designed to last for a million mile, miles, and this has been, you know, in the Tesla community, just common knowledge right now, um, and. They're designed to um, allow Tesla to sell profitably for the same price or less than a gas vehicle and part and are part of Musk's agenda. People familiar with the plans to, told Reuters. So here we have people familiar with the plans. Now Reuters released an article in February that talked about Tesla inking a deal with CATL for prismatic cells, right? And it actually turned out to be fairly accurate, right? And Elon Musk um, came on um, a podcast, The Row, and was sharing how they don't need to do modules anymore. They can do direct sell to pack, right? And so Reuters does have some credibility with this previous leak. So let's look into a bit more what they're talking about here. So they're talking about vehicle to grid technology. With a global fleet of more than 1 million electric vehicles that are capable of connecting to and sharing power with the grid, Tesla's goal is to achieve the status of a power company competing with traditional energy providers as Pacific Gas, PG&E, and Tokyo Electric Power, those sources say, said. All right, so now we have some interesting news of vehicle-to-grid. Now, what vehicle-to-grid is, is it allows you to use your vehicle, right, either as a backup battery in case, let's say, your battery just shuts down uh, or electricity shuts down to your house, or it actually allows you to take the energy right from your car, your battery, and use it to power stuff in your car. For example, your AC during the midday when the cost of electricity is very high from the electric company, and allows you to sell back the, the energy to the electric company at nighttime, let's say, um, um, or different, if different, uh, takes takes energy and takes it allows you to arbitrage, right? Basically, take energy at quick, um, at low cost, and sell it back at high costs. All right. So here we have uh, the CATL collaboration. CATL is China's contemporary Amperex technology. CATL, and they're saying that this new million mile battery was. Uh, jointly developed with CATL. Now, we know that this is kind of not completely true because we know that 
uh, Jeff Don and his uh, team up in Canada has done a lot of the legwork, right, and has researched and really implemented like the plans for this million mile battery. However, I think what this article is saying is that the actual, say, manufacturing of this million mile battery is jointly done with with CATL, at least with their China version. Now, Reuters is going and saying that their initial rollout is going to be actually in China. And they're saying that eventually improved versions of the battery with greater energy density and uh, storage capacity, even lower costs will be introduced in additional Tesla vehicles in other markets, including North America. Tesla's plan to launch the new battery first in China and its broad strategy to reposition the company has have not been previously reported. All right, I give credit. Uh, Cred to Reuters here because I was thinking for battery day that Tesla is going to announce that they have a new line of batteries right that they're making and it's already being rolled out in one of their vehicles and I thought it could be maybe the Model S or X refresh or something like that however what uh, Reuters is saying here is that first car that um, is going to roll out with this new battery is actually going to be in China and it's going to be for their Model 3 in China possibly their long-range Model 3. All right, Reuters goes on and talks about Terra Factories. Now we know Terra Factories is something that Elon has talked about and is in the works, right, for Battery Day. And so here's um, Reuters saying that Tesla's new batteries rely on innovations such as low cobalt or co cobalt-free battery um, chemistries. This was leaked actually earlier uh, by Reuters in February. And then Tesla also plans to implement new um, high-speed, heavily automated battery manufacturing processes designed to reduce labor costs and increase production in massive Terra factories, about 30 times the size of the company's sprawling Nevada Gigafactory, a strategy telegraphed in late April to analysts by Musk. All right, so we're talking about a huge, huge, not just Gigafactories, but on a completely massive scale. Um, if, you've ever, if you have the chance, I encourage you to tour not just the Fremont factory, but the Nevada Gigafactory. Like I've been to you know several tours of the Fremont factory, and it's quite impressive. Like every time I go, I learn something. But the Gigafactory in Nevada was completely mind blowing uh, when I toured it a few years ago. We're just talking about like it feels like football fields and football fields, just like of building, right? It's just amazing, and it's just like these huge buildings and the mass and the scale of the Gigafactory in Nevada is just completely mind-blowing. I mean, it just has to like, you have to reset and you go, oh my gosh, some people are planning some crazy, ambitious, world-conquering things here with this Gigafactory, right? Now, Terra Factory is going to be on a completely another level, right? And this is what I think is going to be at the heart of Battery Day, um, what I expect next week, uh, next month. All right, Reuters also says that Tesla is working on recycling and recovering the, um, such expensive metals as nickel, cobalt, and lithium through its Redwood Materials affiliate. Now, um, Redwood Materials isn't, I don't think, a, an affiliate per se, maybe a partner. It's a company, that, a startup that was started by, or at least funded and run by, um, I say funded or invested by um, uh, J.B. Straubel, right, co-founder of uh, Tesla and CTO just up until last year. And so... Um, and they're looking to get second life applications of EV batteries and grid storage systems. Um, and they want to supply electricity to consumers and, and businesses. All right, next we have um, cell to pack. So CATL has developed a simpler and less expensive way of packaging battery cells called cell to pack that eliminates the middle step of building um, cells. Um, what they're talking about, they're not completely accurate. It's the middle step is modules, right? So Tesla, typically what they do is they have the cells 
and then they pack the cells into modules and then they put the modules into these packs. All right, so what um, CL CATL has done together with Tesla is they've removed this middle part of modules, right? And by removing this middle part of modules, they're going directly cell to pack, right? And this eliminates a lot of, let's say, the extra complexity of building these modules, which is it's actually quite complex. And then uh, the sources say that Tesla in, um, CATL also plans to supply Tesla in China next year with an improved long-life nickel manganese cobalt MNC battery whose cathode is 50% nickel and only 20% cobalt. So yeah, there's going to be a little bit of cobalt in this next generation battery, the N M N NMC battery by, um, by CATL. But um, this interesting is the first battery that is going to be provided by CATL is actually going to be a lithium iron phosphate battery. So this isn't a lithium ion battery, right? Um, which is kind of surprising, right? So with lithium iron phosphate is you, you're going to have less energy storage. So this is going to be typically a heavier battery, a bigger battery, right? Um, not, in, not as much density. And um, it's typically a safer type of chemistry generally than lithium ion. Now what they're saying is that CATL's lithium iron phosphate packs have fallen below $80 per kilowatt hour with the cost of the battery cells dropping below 60 kilowatt hours. And then CATL's low cobalt M NMC, which is a, more the lithium ion um, uh, generation, battery packs are close to 100 kilowatt um, hour packs. So um, yeah, so this is kind of interesting. So here's a summary kind of, of Reuters article and why it's important. First, it's saying that CATL is providing these prismatic lithium iron phosphate cell packs, right? They're going from cell to pack, moving, removing the module element, right? And providing them in prismatic shape or pouch shape, right? They're no longer uh, cylindrical cells anymore. So this was already kind of leaked in their February article. Now what wasn't leaked is that they're already, right, at $80 per kilowatt hour on a pack level cost for this lithium iron phosphate battery. So this is quite amazing actually, because the whole thing was, you know, many people were saying that a hundred, you know, kilo, dollar kilowatt per kilowatt hour cell was actually, you know, extremely difficult to reach. But now it's not just a cell, they're saying the cell level is actually $60, right? Which is amazing. So the, the pack cost is $80, that's actually mind blowing. And um, they're saying that it could start with the long range made in China model three. All right, so then we have some news that came out um, also that today they were saying that Tesla is now starting to build their long range Model 3 car at their China factory. So what does this mean? Again, this is from Reuters and it says that Tesla has said that on Thursday it started producing the long range Model 3 vehicles at, in, in its Shanghai factory and aimed to deliver them uh, to customers soon. The customer said the model would be sold at 344,000 won, or basically about $48,000. Um, all right, so this is interesting because it's possible that these new cells that CATL are making, these lithium iron phosphate cells, are already being rolled out right now. They're going ready from cell to pack. The packs are ready being made. And the first car that's getting these packs is the long range Model 3 car in China, right? So it could be very, very possible, very, very likely in my opinion that, right, starting this week, right, we have these new generation of cells that are going out. Now, um, what's interesting, 
about this and some implications about this is that this $80 per kilowatt battery pack, right? I think it could become an enabler for the next generation of Tesla cars where Tesla can actually sell millions, right? Of much more affordable cars. So I've been talking about a Gen 4 vehicle since like 2013 or 2014. And my thesis has always been Tesla is gonna have limited demand for a Model 3 or Model Y or an S and X because of the cost point, right? There aren't a ton of people that can afford, let's say a $50,000 right average price car. Sure, it can go down to like 40,000 or lower, but still with options, et cetera. And so in order for Tesla to really hit mainstream and sell millions and millions of cars, right? They really have to hit the sub $30,000 level, in my opinion. In order to do that, they really have to bring down the cost of the pack. Right? The cell in the pack is probably the most important part of the car to bring down. Now, if they can actually get a $80 per kilowatt hour pack right, with this lithium iron phosphate pack, and if they can actually do a 50 kilowatt hour pack, we're looking at a cost of $4,000 on a pack level cost. Now, this is incredibly like efficient, incredibly cheap. And with the 50 kilowatt hour pack, you could probably do a 300 mile subcompact Tesla. And you could probably have the cost for about, in my opinion, $25,000, right? And I think this is the made in China Gen 4 car, right? That uh, Elon alluded to. Um, and I think it's gonna be um, released, debuted in China first. Um, because I think that's going to be the largest market for this car, but it's also going to be produced and sold in different right, uh, gigafactory, terra factories around the world for Tesla. All right, so we have kind of this uh, introduction of a more complicated um, battery rollout plan. So the first rollout is this lithium iron phosphate cells, right? That are going into these China uh, Model 3 cars. And then later on, you're gonna have CATL actually provide these NMC uh, cells to Tesla at a slightly higher price. And then Tesla's gonna also probably roll out another line or their own line of, of, of cell to pack um, uh, batteries probably in their North America cars, right? And so we're probably going to have different linea lineages, right? Different lines of different types of packs. And Tesla is really just trying to get as many um, batteries as they could, right? A they can at the right price to support their their plans. All right, I think there's a lot still ahead for uh, Battery Day. Um, my expectation is uh, it's going to happen next month, and we'll see kind of the complete picture of what uh, Tesla is doing. All right, um, I talked about this earlier, but here we have the virtuous cycle of what all of this it means in the bigger picture. And what it means is, as Tesla sells more vehicles and energy products, they gain more revenue and gross profit. And they use that gross profit to cover their expenses, but also to invest in research and development, right? To fund battery improvements, et cetera. And as they get more battery improvements by investing, let's say just billions of dollars, this leads to cost benefits. And the cost benefits then allow Tesla to lower the cost of the vehicle, improve the features of function, the specs of the vehicle, and to sell more of these vehicles, right? It increases demand. And so now you have this virtuous cycle where it goes over again, right? Um, it goes over here and it continues. And the more Tesla makes in terms of vehicles, the more they're able to improve them, reduce the cost, and their um, margin of, I guess, superiority can grow over time, right? Um, that's the theory, and that's what's happening so far, right, in this whole market to this point. All right, last um, 
but not least, Elon tweeted this interesting supercharger graph, and it kind of shows the different um, supercharging patterns across different um, countries and different states. So this gray section here is China, actually. So China had a, a bottom at around February 20th in terms of supercharger usage, right? And then you have North America and Europe here. North America and Europe had the bottom at around April. Well, yeah, it's like you can't really tell exactly when in April, but sometime in April, right? And in May, right, the, the supercharger usage is going up. So if you look at this graph just purely off of supercharger usage transportation, we could say that the bottom of activity in North America happened sometime in April, right? And now people are starting to move around more. Hopefully that's a positive sign for the economy as people move around, do more things, right? Get in action and um, get the economy rolling again. All right, um, we're going to take some time for viewer questions. If you have a question, sorry, I wasn't able to read the comments in detail during this presentation. So uh, go ahead, write question in all caps, colon, and then um, yeah, type in your question. I'll try to get to you know as many as I can. I, pr I probably won't be able to reach all of them, but you know we'll do as, we'll do what we can. If you've already asked a question, then go ahead and um, repeat the question because you know I need to have a chance to read it. All right. Um, Actually, here we go. Let's go full screen. All right, design prototype test says, what do you think of um, Austin? Is that the place where GigaTech Texas will be built? Closer to SpaceX spaceport and Mexico giving manufacturing options across the border similar to Detroit, Windsor, Canada. Yeah, I mean, Austin is a logical choice. It's close to Houston. It's close, close to San Antonio. It's about five hours from their SpaceX launch site. I think um, overall, it makes a lot of sense. You know, you got low taxes, lots of people working there. I think um, Elon and Tesla have, hasn't, haven't finalized the deal with Texas, and that's what's kind of holding things up. And also, Texas doesn't allow direct sales of um, Tesla vehicles in, in their state, and I think they really need to change that, you know, if before Tesla commits to a gigafactory. All right, have you heard anything about when the Nevada factory will be building next stage? That will give Tesla more flexibility in expanding battery and car lines. Yeah, I think we're actually going to find out more at Battery Day. I think Tesla is going to invest more into Nevada. I think it's a great location, great site. Um, also, I don't think it's a coincidence that Elon said they're going to move right their headquarters to Texas slash Nevada. I think um, it's a great state that Tesla has um, caught on to, and they're going to um, build out more, and we're going to find out what that looks like. Question, do you think Tesla can afford or be wise to build Giga Texas and Giga Berlin at the same time? Yeah, I think it all depends on demand, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why Tesla is able to raise as much money as they want to um, because they have the demand for their products, meaning as long as they build their products, right, especially their new products, especially like Cybertruck, etc., Model Y, um, you have customers who are willing to pay. And because of that, it makes sense, right? You spend a few billion dollars rolling out a factory, and then you get like tens of billions of dollars in revenue, and it's just a cash cow. It's just a profit machine. It's a no-brainer, actually, for Tesla to, to ramp up right now. And I think they can do both um, at the same time. All right, Dave, can you estimate potential Model 3 price lowering considering the new $80 kilowatt um, our cell packs, maybe 30,000 USD in China. Yeah, I think this is more of a gradual process. Um, I think as they roll out these these packs, you know, you get some, you know, efficiencies, you start to lower the price a bit. Um, I'm not even sure they have it, they're going to have it in the standard 
pack until you know they're gonna ramp up probably the long range and then move over to the standard pack. They're gonna probably have all their batteries in China go with this whole you know lithium iron phosphate. So yeah, I think um, they have potential to lower the cost. I think also the supply chain in China hasn't completely moved over to be domestic, right? That was kind of the long-term plan for Tesla, and that also will lower the cost of Model 3. So yeah, $30,000, uh, I mean, maybe with incentives, right? I mean, if Tesla can get under $35,000 with incentives, I mean, it'll be amazing in China. I mean, the lower the price is, I think um, the greater demand in China, and, and um, they already have such a, a, a great brand. All right, why does Reuters claim that the current Tesla fleet is capable of feeding power to the grid? I thought they weren't able to do that, and didn't Musk in the past, past question vehicle to grid in general? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Reuters, there was kind of like a lot of just fine, fine kind of um, uh, inaccuracies or kind of stuff like that. I think the general gist of it, though, was, was interesting. Um, yeah, Tesla's fleet isn't able to really do vehicle, vehicle to grid, you know, charging and, and, and stuff right now. I think the main reason and the main um, issue is, is cycles, right? The current batteries can't handle, right, the charging, discharging of just thousands and thousands of times that it's going to take to really use your battery, right, as a backup and also, you know, vehicle to grid. And so with this million mile battery, Tesla is solving another problem, right, a cycle problem. And with the cycle problem, they can now roll out new cars with a vehicle to grid technology. Now, in my opinion, I think how it's going to work out is it's going to be probably like a paid option, right? And it might be a paid option starting with Model S and X, right? To probably boost demand a bit. And maybe for like three or 4,000 bucks, you can add vehicle to grid charging on your Model S or X. It's going to, it has to be a new, right? Model S and X with the new batteries, right? Um, and then as they ramp up production of these new million mile batteries, then it can go down to Model Y and 3, but it might not be until end of the, this year, next year. So that's my kind of opinion on, on how the rollout is going to go. All right, I'm long Tesla, uh, four years, but had to sell 20% for emergency cash in March. It's too high for me to buy back now. What are the chances of it returning to volatility? Yeah, Tesla, you know, one thing you can count on with Tesla is volatility, right? There might be a period of time where it's like, seems so smooth, right? And you're just like coasting along and then something happens, right? Before, before you know, you wake up one day, right? And stock prices move 10, percent or 15 percent one direction or the other right you just never know and that's kind of like the reality of investing in um, not just tesla but high growth right stocks i think with tesla the the advantage though is you can be in close proximity to the product itself meaning as a product owner you can test the product really get familiar with it you can know other product owners you can test out the other products in the market and have that confidence that the demand is still there let's say in case of you know, extreme volatility. And I think that kind of is the advantage, right? And that's what I call t Tesla a, a generational stock because it gives you kind of a close-up look. It gets into the culture of a generation. In terms of like, yeah, volatility, yeah, volatility is going to come back. It's because the the value of Tesla is in its future, right? In its future projections, future growth. And those future projections will always change depending on circumstances and events. And that brings a lot more um, volatility. All right, Kevin says, why would Tesla release their battery info before they can include the tech in current production? Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, um, I think they are releasing some of it, right? They're not going to release all of it, obviously, um, because they have to hold back. Um, they're going to hold back on exactly like the costs and, you know, where it's going, etc. But they want to show the bigger picture because they want to kind of... Um, 
highlight their their plans. They want to you know shore up you know investor confidence. They want to um, you know shore up supplier confidence. They want to cast a vision for their company, their employees. They want to kind of bring everything together. Um, they're going to release some things. Like for example, they're going to say, "Hey, we have this new cell to pack technology already," and they might even give some cost projections. I mean, um, in China, and they say this will be coming. Maybe they really they're going to have it in the Model S and X too. I mean, that was my original pre project pre uh, prediction that the Model S and X would have kind of this new million mile battery. And hey, maybe that's that's what Elon is waiting for. You know. To get these new cells in the Model S and X, so that they can announce vehicle-to-grid vehicle technology, right? In the S and X, I don't know. I mean, I think there's some reason why um, battery day is delayed. I think they're trying to get something into some products, right? It could be just China, but it could be something else as well. All right, uh, Jeff says, "Do you have a Tesla, and will you buy a Cybertruck?" Yes, I do have a Cybertruck on order. Um, yes, I do have a, a, a Model Three. I have a, a early model. Um, uh, December 2017 Model 3. Been driving it for two and a half years. Love it. And I also had an early Model S, a 2013 uh, uh, P85. Yeah, that thing was awesome, man. Um, yeah. All right, question. Where will Terra Factory be built? Yeah, I think um, it's got to be, in my opinion, um, Texas, man. Texas is got to be the place and then maybe an expanded uh, Nevada maybe you have two in the US and then maybe expanding Shanghai maybe uh, Berlin is you know supposedly going to be a, a terror factory as well all right Raj says what's the point of investing in Tesla now when we know it'll go down when the market sentiment drops due to COVID wave two yeah I mean that's the thing if you were a market like a uh, mind reader then you could actually be a trillion trillionaire because it's like the the complexities of reading the market are so complex and so intense, meaning you think you know the market's going to go up or you think it's going to go down, but it, sometimes it doesn't act the way you really think it does, right? Sometimes it does. Um, in either way, like I say, hey, go for it, you know, uh, go with your intuition, go with what you believe, you know, um, no one's um, forcing anyone to buy, right, uh, a stock that you think might be overvalued. All right, Phil Wynn says, do you, where do you see Tesla pr uh, price by the end of 2021? Um, yeah, so my whole theory is I have a video called How to Value Tesla Using Knack and Math. And I said, like, hey, a good figure to use two years going out is 1 million vehicles, right? At an average sale price of, I think it was like 45,000, I think I did at that point. Um, or maybe 50,000. But if you have like you know $50 billion in revenue, and then you say you have, you know, 20, 25, percent gross margin off of that and I kind of broke it down where I felt like you know um, what Tesla could be valued right um, at that time in two years off of 1 million vehicles and I think in 2021 you've got to look a, a few years uh, beyond that right that's what investors are going to look at they're going to be looking at Cybertruck um, and it all depends like on RoboTaxi network plans right how developed that is is it rolled out is it eminently to be rolled out and I think a lot of it's also depending on is this Gen 4 China car that I'm talking about, has it been at least revealed, right? Rele released in terms of prototype mode, right? There's gonna be a lot of factors, but the next, I think, stage is we're gonna be saying, hey, Tesla can sell two or three million vehicles in a, in by 2023 or 2024, right? And then you're gonna project those numbers. Um, so I encourage you to do so. I can do another video about that if you guys want me to. Um, yeah, projecting these evaluations, I think is key. All right, James. Uh, 
James Duck says, if battery breakthrough is so much cheaper, how come long range model three in China is 48,000? I thought they would have reduced it if it was that case. Yeah, you see, I think these uh, price reductions are done gradually. It's not just done when they have new technology, they just drop it right all of a sudden. They kind of just do it very gradually over time. I think we're gonna see a lowering of the, of the long range model three price also in China too. All right, do you think Tesla will unveil multiple battery chemistries, more complexity, but possibly better suited tech for each model? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think, for example, um, there might be a market where, for example, China, where it might be more price sensitive and they might not be wanting the same fe uh, performance features, right? And let's say with um, current NCA or even future MM NMC technology, it's a lighter cell with, let's say, more energy density. So you can probably go faster, perhaps. Um, but perhaps people in China, they're happy with a 6.0, 6 second 0 60 time, right? Even a 6.2 0 60 time. And maybe, you know, the, um, lithium iron phosphate cells are, make the car a little bit heavier. But let's say, you know, and, and they don't have, a, say, the same power, perhaps. I don't know I could, if it, someone can confirm that. But they just cost so much cheaper, right? And it can bring down the cost to, let's say, 30,000 even in China, that could be something that, you know, Tesla takes advantage for, you know, um, let's say in the China um, region. All right, uh, Antoine says, do you think the battery is more important as a car itself for Tesla and its future? I'm guessing you're saying, is the battery more important than the car? And I think um, there's actually multiple parts of the car. Right? You do have the battery, the cell, the cost, that's extremely important, but you also have, let's say the motors and all, everything that's running, the suspension, the bat, all that stuff is very important. Then you have all the electronics and then you have the software, right? And the design and everything. Um, and I think there's so many factors that are going on. And then with Tesla, you have this added factor with every part, they're ruthless in trying to optimize its design and cost, right? And over time, that produces a lot of benefits. It's kind of like the SpaceX model too. They're just ruthless with, trying to, with every part of their process to try to iterate, make it cheaper, make it better. And that's what Tesla has. And that's why I think you know Tesla is this um, all-encompassing, in a sense, right? A company is able to achieve vertical integration and use it and do it in the right way. A lot of companies, they try vertical integration that doesn't work because it's just too complex. Right? It just adds so much like added unnecessary complexity. But with Tesla, up to this point, they've shown that actually they could do it in the right way. All right, don't worry, says, do you feel like the market's reacted already to the battery leak or do you feel like battery day will cause another spike? Yeah, um, I don't know if the markets really care about battery technology and all this like fine details to tell you the truth. These guys are like financial, like, you know, guys they're 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 numbers guys they're spreadsheet guys and they're just looking at you know project numbers right revenues this year right maybe next year right they're looking at gross margins right they're looking at just balance sheets they're not really looking at the next five years or you know what this battery technology is going to enable for a next generation of tesla cars etc and in that sense yeah i think um uh any leak it probably doesn't really matter for for the majority of institutional investors now will battery day lead to another spike i don't know you know we'll see All right, September 19th says, do you see Tesla turning a profit in Q3? Yeah, you know, if Tesla, the whole thing about Tesla is they've got a, a fixed number of um, fixed operating expenses. So they're at, at about a billion dollars in operating expenses. So you can go back for a few years and Tesla has been pretty, you know, um, consistent with the billion dollars per quarter or so of operating expenses. Now, as long as they cover a billion dollars and then they have about 150 million or 
a bit more in, in interest expense, right? So as long as they can cover that, then they're going to be profitable. So let's say they need a $1.2 billion profit, then if or operating um, um, gross profit then to cover their expenses, then they need, let's say, a $6 billion revenue, right? At a 20% gross profit will give them $1.2 right, uh, billion dollars gross profit, enough to cover their expenses, operating expenses of a billion and their interest expense, leaving them with break even or a little bit of profit, right? So the key number is $6 billion in revenue, as long as, and 20% gross margin. But as long as Tesla can get $6 billion in gross, in, in uh, revenue, then Tesla is a profitable company, right? And you're not going to hear this from Tesla shorts, right? Because they, they think something is fundamentally wrong with Tesla. But no, it's simply Tesla needs a certain amount of revenue, right? Um, and have a certain gross profit from that. So for $6 billion, yeah, if, if Tesla delivers like 90, 95,000 cars and 100,000 cars, I think for sure in a, in a way, then they're profitable because they're going to get probably over $6 billion in revenue, get 1.2 in um gross profit and then cover all their expenses and be profitable. And so as long as Tesla is able to um, run their factory, right? As long as they don't get shut down, as long as there's no big things happening. Yeah, I think Tesla is going to turn a profit in Q3. That's my personal opinion. All right. Uh, Philippe Minot says, hey, Dave, I'm a bit worried about Tesla's next quarter results and how this will impact the stock in shorters. Any thoughts? Yeah, so Q2 is questionable. So, you know, it's good that, you know, the Fremont factory is starting to to ramp up production and that's going to help out but it's already like halfway into the quarter right and you know people are already distracted with COVID and all this stuff and um, there's a lot of challenges this quarter I think this is going to be one of the most challenging quarters you know in the past let's say year or so for Tesla and um, yeah but I think you know they'll get by they probably will have a loss um, but it's okay because hey investors are looking forward investors are looking right for the next year or two or even five years out and um, it all depends on you know I think the macro environment too like is the stock market and the multiples that investors are giving is it going to hold up right because we got some pretty you know in optimistic views from from investors in this environment right now if that crashes down then tesla can be impacted as well if it holds up then yeah you know you can see i think tesla hold up as well all right mark, mark plots is tesla to be listed at s p 500 now all tesla needs to do is uh pull off one more or one quarter of profitability and then i they're basically in the s p 500 i did a video um a week or two about this all right um All right, Mr. Big says, do you think a million mile battery, I'm guessing, will be a two-sided store for Tesla? What seems like a limited consumer base, they're exhausting their potential sales by making cars that will last a lifetime. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a concern, right? Because some people like look at, for example, the iPhone, and they go, man, I, Apple is making such high quality phones that last so long, people aren't going to buy the iPhones every year anymore, right? Um, I don't think that's so big of a concern, in my opinion, because it's, it's really about how superior Tesla's product is compared to all the other customers. It's a huge market, right? It's a trillion dollar market, the auto market. And that's just the auto market. That's not even talking about... Um, full self uh, autonomous driving right robo taxi market either 
So as the more Tesla distances itself in terms of quality from its competitors, the better, I think. And the other thing is the more the battery is able to last in terms of cycle, then there's more usage, use cases for the battery, like vehicle to grid charging, right? And arbitrage with the electric company, et cetera. And so, yeah, I think Tesla, um, that's, the, that's the great thing about Elon and his thinking is he's like, forget it. I'm not going to be held back by fears of, you know, um, cannibalizing or limiting my market size, right? He's just going to go for it, create the best product possible and um, at the fastest pace, right, of innovation. And that's what um, Elon is set for. All right, Telugu says, will you in the future make your YouTube channel premium? Um, I'm guessing you're, you're talking about um, having me charge a subscription. Yeah, I noticed there was an extra feature that you could join or subscribe to a channel for like five bucks or six bucks a month. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just like, to tell you, to tell you the truth, um, monetization is not uh, my first priority with this channel. You know, I'm not opposed to it, obviously, but my first priority really actually is to, um, is to help people, including my own kids right, and my wife, who's watching this and watching every every show, right? That's really important to me, is to help them think clearly, to help them to think from different angles, get to the essence of things, right? And not just be swayed by all this like, you know, shallow thinking and emotional thinking and herd thinking, right? And then I wanna pass that on. I wanna just help people to think clearer. And um, yeah, if the channel is able to make money, that's great, you know? Um, but it's not a, a, a priority right now at this moment. I just wanna actually, um, try to find some rhythm to the things I'm doing here. All right, um, it's a great time uh, with you guys live chatting and answering your questions. I wish I could read faster some of these questions so I can get to more. But anyways, I'll try to you know look at more questions. Um, go ahead and uh, if you can go ahead and like the video, that really helps with the algorithms um, to help people you know watch this video more. I'm planning to do a video on Google um, Alphabet stock. Um, I'm actually you know, pretty excited about uh, Alphabet in terms of their finances and some of their products. I don't think it's like a 10x company, right? Um, you know, we're looking at best case scenario, probably a 2x, right, in five or six years or so. Um, it's more, it's less of a 10x play, more of a growth and safety play, right? It's a different type of basket of investments, in my opinion. But I'll go ahead and share my thoughts. I was thinking of doing a live stream, but I might actually split it up where I do a first part. Um, I might just do a pre-recorded because I want to test out these YouTube algorithms and see if a pre-recorded you know, video actually will get more views or less views than a live stream. Um, and then maybe do a second part answering questions. So look out for that video. I'm also, also looking, out to, um, looking to do some more videos. I purchased a bunch of stock about a month, month and a half ago in different companies. Not a bunch, but a, I, I purchased small positions in about 10 or 15 companies that I've been eyeing for a long time. And I want to share kind of some of my reasonings behind why I'm interested in certain companies in certain fields. So I'll be doing that over time, sharing with you guys my thought process. Um, none of this is a buy recommendation. It's always just how to think through things, how to just challenge our thoughts, how to think deeper. Um, and I think that's going to bear the most fruit right in our decisions. All right. Um, if you haven't subscribed, please do so. Uh, leave a comment, add a question in the comment section. I read most of them and we'll see you in my next video. Thanks a lot. Bye.